0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. series Pastor Chris are doing, Pastor Chris and I are doing, called Freedom. And you know, you hear all the good news about what Jesus did and, and what God wants to do in your life, but sometimes it doesn't show up. Sometimes life is hard. Matter of fact, for a lot of people, after they start going to church, life gets a little harder. Uh, when Donna and I committed to going to church and uh, we had friends that we loved, we were very close to them, but we were not going in a godly direction. And as we committed to walking with God, suddenly some of our friends became uncomfortable. Because we would still go to the parties, but we would say, no thanks, I don't want to smoke that. Or no thanks, I don't want to drink that. And they became convicted, thinking that we were judging them. And we weren't. But what happened was, they got to where, believe it or not, they didn't want to hang out with us. And we literally lost all of our friends. People that we bought houses in the same neighborhood, and, and we went out every weekend together, and we were raising kids together, suddenly, nothing. Actually, we didn't have kids at that point, thank God. But anyway, um, we were kind of feeling like, wow, is this church worth it? You know, I mean, why would, why would God make us lose all our friends? As we pressed in and we decided, you know what, we're just going to go for it, we, we were convinced that God was real. And whatever he had would be better than what we had without him. Does that make sense? And as we pressed in, suddenly other people started showing up in our lives. And they became our friends. Some of them are in our church family. But we learn that when you put God first, sometimes you actually got to put God first. And you got to let the people who don't want to walk with God, don't want to be around. Now, we never preach to people. We never condemn them. We never walk into the party and said, ah, I see all you bunch of sinners are still sinners. You know, we didn't do any of that. Um, but there was just a change in our attitude. There was a change in our passion. And the things that we used to do suddenly were not as attractive. So we started pressing in. We started meeting people. Those people wanted to know more about God like we wanted to know more about God. And we started growing in the things of God together. And what we didn't realize was that the relationships that were founded on the rock of Jesus Christ, our faith, they were so much more real and more solid than the ones that were about partying and and living life to the full, what we thought was to the full. And something happened in our hearts. We all of a sudden had this passion for people. We didn't just hang out with people for what they did for us. Now we were looking how we could be a blessing to other people. And our life gained meaning that it never had before. As we grew with God and we learned the word, we found out that we were buying into a lot of lies that we thought were truths, But because we didn't know any better, we were putting those as as truth. And the only reason we thought they were truth, because we didn't know the truth, which is what God's word has to say and what he's done for us. And as we're doing this series on freedom, sometimes we get to a place where we have to, we have to decide. Am I going to keep walking here that I know is not the next step God has for me, or am I going to go ahead and just say, God, lead me, and, and trust him to take me to a better place? And there's a time there where it it can be difficult. The enemy will whisper in your ear, you're all alone. People think you're weird. They think you're crazy now. They think you're one of those church fanatics. And, you know, when you're used to being, and this is not to brag, it's just Donna and my personality, we were usually the life of the party. We were the one that got everybody out on the dance floor dancing. We were the one that was getting everybody to laugh because our motto is life is too short not to have fun, right? And suddenly we don't have that. So there was a time, and it was a short time, but there was a time that we had to decide. And when we chose to walk with God, our life changed in such a dramatic way and and such a powerful way, such a fulfilling and rewarding way that if we look back now, we wonder what did we ever see in that other path we were taking. But you have to give God a chance and what I'm saying is this, this series on freedom is going to bring you to places that you're going to feel what the Bible calls conviction. And you're going to grow if you'll apply what you're learning. You're going to grow and sometimes growing. You ever heard of growing pains? Sometimes it can feel a little scratchy, you know, that ugh. But if you keep going, you're going to get to a better place. And I say that because in talking with someone, they were talking about how, you know, I'm not sure I want to, you know, some people think it's, you know, ignorance is bliss. Well, if I don't know about it, I'm not responsible for it. It's not really true. And it's not about being responsible. It's about what is it costing you? Because the Bible literally lets us know and tells us, and we'll cover this later on, that, that what you don't know can bring destruction. But when you know the truth, the truth that you know sets you free and puts you on a path that's, that's not a path of destruction. But as Jesus said in John 10.10, life to the full. And I, I just want to encourage you. I know that um, this message is more of a Bible study type teaching. And you really got to challenge yourself because God can save you but he can't grow you up. He can save your soul and you'll go to heaven. But the only way that you mature and grow up spiritually like Pastor Chris was talking about it is if you put the effort in. Nobody else can do your spiritual push-ups for you. I wish they could. I would pay somebody. You know, hey, study the Bible for me five hours a day. That'd be great. Go ahead, go do it. You can't do it. You have to do it for yourself. That's why you're the one that will reap the rewards. God's made it all available, but is what you do with what you know determines what level of freedom you have. So I just want to say that for you to hopefully encourage you to lean in today because uh, we're going to go on and we're going to continue our series on freedom. And I believe we're getting to the um, the, the, the tipping point of going all in for God and seeing God manifest in your life in a way that you never have, if you'll just press in a little more, if you'll just lean in a little more today, okay? So with that being said, my name is Pastor Mike Dubinke. I have the best job in the world. Uh, I get to be the pastor of Faith Family Church, the lead pastor. We have amazing pastors here um, and worship leader and, and, you know, our crew, they're committed to being here for you. Um, and you, if you know them, you know that, but my job is as lead pastor is to help direct which way we're going as a church through the leading of the Holy Spirit, through God giving me instruction. And then my team comes alongside and says, let's do it. And we do this for you. It'd be much easier for us all just to go to the beach today, but God says, no, those are my kids and I want them to grow, and I want them to experience what I made available. So teach them. So today we're going to be teaching you that. Amen? I want to welcome everybody that's, that's joining us online. You're important to us. We love you. And uh, we count it a blessing that you would join in and uh, be a part of what we're doing here today. I'd like to pray, and then I'd like for us to, to just hit the ground running. Amen? Father, I thank you for your word today. Mm-hmm. I thank you that it is so enlightening, it is so revealing to you and everything that you've done for us and everything that you have for us. Right now we determine to focus on you, not be distracted by anything or anyone, but to purpose, to press into your word so that we can be better when we leave than when we got here. We thank you that where two or three are gathered, your word says that there you are in the midst. So Father, we lean to you. We press in, and we thank you for revelation knowledge today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So I encourage you, check into life groups um, if you've never taught one, but you finished life group or growth track. Give it a shot. We'll even have somebody help you with it if you need it. But there's something about what God's put in you that makes the rest of us better. You may not know what it is yet, but God put it there, and we can help you let it out. Amen. So I encourage you to do that. Um, We've been learning about freedom and we looked at some 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 really foundational scriptures over the last several weeks. And I'm going to just read scriptures. We're not going to go into them a lot, uh, but it's like a foundation that we're building this spiritual house on. So you'll be rock solid when you when you get to this and you start applying this to your own life. You'll say, no, 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 because of this or no, I remember that. And it gives you something to stand on when the storms of life come. And I don't know about you, but life has storms. You know, my son Jared is is rebuilding up there in Crystal River. His house was one of the ones that would directly hit from the hurricane. We found out that Kelly and Rhonda, who go to our church, her son is in Crystal River, and his house was, I, I guess his house was completely destroyed. Um, you know, had seven feet of water inside of it, so they've got to completely you know, tear the inside out and put new up. So we pray for these people, and and we care about them. And what we learn is that the foundation that the house is on is very important because if there's not a solid foundation, when a storm comes, it just gets washed away. And the Bible says if you're not founded on the rock of Jesus Christ, when the storms of life come, your house, which is really referring to your your life, will fall. You know, God doesn't want any of us to fall. He wants us to be able to stand strong no matter what the world throws at us, because of who we are in Christ, we can stand strong. Does that make sense? But it's only by knowing who we are in Christ, knowing it for ourselves, not having it preached at us, but actually taking it in and, and allowing it to grow in our hearts. So let's look at a few scriptures here, just to give you, you know, a reminder of the foundation. We're going to go. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, now this is those Jews because they were the ones in the meeting that he was setting at, but this applies to us. If we believe Jesus, if we believe in who He is and the finished work that He, he, he did on the cross or through the cross all the way to the point of, of rising again for our justification, if we believe in that, then, then it says this. It says, for those Jews who believed in Him, if you abide in my word, i talking about God's word. It, 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 it's talking about letting God's word be real to you today. And, and I, I really... Last night and this morning as I was preparing this, like God just put on my heart real heavy to share with you about a person that was attending our church. And they were coming and they were growing and things were good. And then one day I was preaching about the validity of God's word in our life today, how it applies today. And he came come up to me after service and he says, Pastor Mike, he goes, you don't really think that the Bible applies to today, do you? I said, well, Yes. He said, no, he can't because it's so old, it's antiquated, it's outdated. That was a different world than this world. I said, yeah, but God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Bible says that God's word is not just a book, that it's alive and it's powerful. And it's food for our spirit as we take it in. But he could not accept the fact that the word was for today. And what happened was, after he made that decision, he stopped Pressing in, because it was just an old book. He didn't see how it applied to his life, therefore it didn't really benefit his life, and he's not in church today, because he couldn't wrap his mind around God's word being, you know, good and powerful for us today. I want you to know that God's word is what we build our life on, and it, it, I don't care when it was written, it's for today as much as it was that day, and it will be for tomorrow as much as it was today, Amen? So if you, if you abide in my word, if you spend time in God's word, in the Bible, if you spend time in there and realize that it's for today, you are my disciples, indeed. Disciples mean you put effort in it. You're disciplined to do it. You don't just do it when it's convenient or you don't just let me preach the word to you. You actually dig in for yourself and, and, and you have some self-application. Does that makes sense? So you are indeed my, my disciples, indeed, and you shall know the truth. Well, how do you know the truth? By spending time in the word. You have to understand there's a lot of things presented as truth, but you don't know what's really true until you actually know the truth, which is God's word. Make sense? So when you spend time, you shall know the truth and the truth, what truth? The truth that you know shall make you free. It's going to make you free from a lot of things that this world offers you. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, talking about the Son, Jesus Christ, you shall be free indeed. Then we talked about 2 Timothy 2.15. And this is, I just want you to see that there's effort. Nobody can be on cruise control, spiritual cruise control, and think they're going to grow in the things of God. You have to to apply yourself. You have to do some of the work. Uh, Be diligent, do it on purpose, to present yourself approved to God. Well, how do we find out we're approved to God? spending time in the Word. By finding out that we've been justified through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that because He died for our sins, we're now cleansed from our sins, and we now as we accept Him, we now have this brand new recreated spirit. We become a brand new person on the inside because of what Jesus did. Make sense? Be diligent to show yourself. Who? Show yourself. You don't got to prove it to the world. This is for you. It's personal. It's intimate. Yourself approved to God. A worker. What? We don't, what do you mean work? We don't have to work. I thought Jesus did all the work. He did all the work to get you saved. But once you're saved, that's when the work begins. Because you're saved, there's things that we do. There's things that we put effort in, right? A worker who does not need to be ashamed. You don't got to carry the guilt of yesterday or the shame of the sins you've committed in the past because you've been cleansed, washed, free and clear. Ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So why do we give so much, so much credence to the word? Because it's truth, and it's alive, and it's food to our spirit. But if we don't rightly divide it, because if you rightly divide it, and he's instructing us to that means you can also wrongly divide it. An example of wrongly dividing it is just reading over it and not applying it to your life. Not finding out, what does this mean to me? You're not rightly dividing the word. How many people just go to church to get their conscience clean, but they don't really have any relationship with God through His Word? That's somebody else's job. I don't read. I can't read. You can read. If you can't read, you can listen. Bible app will read your Bible to you. I mean, you know, it's like it's like delivery dude for your food. Bible app is for your spiritual food. Delivers it right to you, and it will play it for you so you can hear it. Why? Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. So it, it, there's a process here that God is trying to show us, right? So, rightly dividing the word of truth, Proverbs four seven. These are all foundational. We've talked about them in length. I'm just giving them to you so we can get running today. Proverbs four seven. Wisdom is the principal thing. In other words, don't sit around and be a spiritual bump on a log, and sit there and and you know if you do this. And to be honest with you, I usually know if you do it too. Um, Because when I'm preaching, and I look at your face, and you're somewhere else. You're like... (laughs) And I say something that God gives me, and he anoints it, and it's incredible, and you're like this. And then your wife is nudging you, and you're mad because you're embarrassed because she nudged you, and you're totally not getting the benefit of the word, right? So, wisdom is the principal thing. One thing said it, it, is, it is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, learn what the Bible says, and when you learn it, make sure you get understanding. You've got to get understanding or it doesn't do you any good. How many of you? I, I grew up with the King James version of the Bible. And I read it, and I was committed because the church I went to, that was God's real Bible. Those other Bibles aren't real. This is the real Bible. I didn't understand it. Therefore, I had these religious ideas. I always felt guilty. I never felt close to God. I didn't run to God when I had trouble. I ran from God because I figured it was him punishing me for what I did, not realizing that he's up there, a loving father, saying, Come here, let me get you out of this. I'm thinking he's the one that's doing it, so I'm running from God because I never got understanding. I had a bunch of religious ideas that did me no good, actually harmed me spiritually, and kept me from having a relationship with God. That's why we teach the word the way we do here. We teach it very practically so you can receive it and apply it to your life. So you can grow. When I hear, I mean, let me just be straight with you. I love to see people in the chairs, but I could care less how many people are here just to be here. We do what we do so you can grow individually personally we're not winning if we don't see people growing in the things of God we don't get a a gold star in heaven because we had so many people in church no God says well done when a teacher has students that are learning right and we're called to teach the word so understand you are the value here and it's why we put so much effort in what we do amen so here's our text scripture for this whole series Uh, We're just going to read part of it because of time. Romans 6.11. We're going to look at it in the New Living Translation just to kind of give us a little broader understanding. So you also, Romans 6.11, we're going to go to verse 15. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin. That's dead to the power of the old man, the, the old nature before you received Jesus. We covered this. We don't have to go over it again. And alive to God, you should consider yourself, you should... Reckon yourself, one translation says, to be alive to God through Jesus Christ, what he did. Do not let sin, that's that old man, that old nature, do not let sin control the way you live. And there are so many Christians that are totally in bondage to the old nature. They're totally in bondage to the way they used to live. They're totally in bondage to what the world says is okay and completely out. Separated from what God says is okay. And when you're in bondage to what the world says is okay, it comes with a lot of bumps, bruises, hurts, pains, heartaches. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the God of this world, the Bible says. So whatever he's delivering is not going to be good for you. It's going to be something that's going to erode and take away from your understanding of who you are in Christ. So you've got to learn this stuff. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Now, here's the thing. Let's not be too spiritual here. I don't know about you, but I still have sinful desires sometimes. There's times where I think, you know, I just want to smack that guy. You know, that's, not, that's a sin. You know, it's a sin. But sometimes on the inside, you see somebody, and they're just rude, and you're just like, God, just give me a five-minute break. Just let me, just give me a five-minute break. I'll be right back. i'm only going to hit him once let me just go but no see that's the old nature that is sin and there's other sinful desires but you know i'm not going to talk about those but don't give in to sinful desires do not let any part of your body which includes your middle fingers an instrument of evil to serve sin instead give yourselves completely to god for you were dead But now you have new life. That's through Jesus Christ, the new birth. So use your whole body, even your middle (laughs) finger, use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin, Listen to this. This is is so powerful. Sin is no longer your master. You know, before we sinned because we had to. We try not to, and we would anyway. But now as we understand who we are in Christ, And this is real. I mean, you know, if it hurts your feelings, you know, because you want to blame somebody else, you don't want to own up for your own actions. You know, I'm sorry about that, but it's truth. Now when you sin, you do it because you want to. You do it because you choose to. You say, well, I don't want to sin. Yeah, but all the time you're spending focusing on that, thinking about that, getting involved in that, it's going to lead you to sin. It's like the old saying, you you mess around on the the side of the river long enough, pretty soon you're going to slip in. That's the way sin is. You can't. Don't see how close you can get. I'm not sinning yet. I'm looking. Um, Pretty soon you're going to fall into it. You know, that's what's going to happen. And we're trying to save you from doing that. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have a new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Talking about the Mosaic law. Ten commandments. You got to do this. You got to do right to be right. We don't live under that anymore. Now the ten commandments, there's nothing wrong with them. Matter of fact, they help man see that we need a savior. But we're not living under them anymore because we now, look what it says. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? That's a verb, sinful action. And Paul says, of course not. Stop being so narrow-minded. Stop looking at what, how close you can get to sin and look at how far you could be removed from it. Look at the victory you can have over it. Instead of seeing yourself in bondage to it, look at yourself as conquering it in your life and walking free from it. That's what he's trying to get us to see here. So we're not going to let sin control our life. We're not under it anymore. We're not going to sin anymore. And we're not going to give in to sinful desires. Now, I said it, and I'm not going to ask you to say what yours are, but I think if we're all honest, we all have sinful desires. But this is telling us that we're we're not to give in to those. So I think a good question while you're in church, especially in church, is how can I not give in to sinful desires? What do I need to do? What... What is the, the the separator so I don't fall to these things? We looked and talked about how, guys, you got to understand, when you get born again, you get a brand new spirit. You have a soul. Remember what your soul is? It's your mind, will, and your emotion. We've covered this. It's your thinker. It's your believer. It's your decider. That's your soul. And then you have a flesh. You have a body. These two were not born again. Your spirit got born again. And then God says, if you want to walk free and keep this guy who's always looking for trouble, that's your flesh, your carnality, your, your your um, well, that's where the simple desires are. I'll just put it that way. If you want to learn how to keep him in control, the only way to do that is to renew this guy. Renew your mind. Renew your soul. Renew it to what? To what God's word says. And when you do that, instead of having these two teaming up on you and, and winning the battle of life, You get this guy renewed. He starts working with your spirit. Then these two now have the power to control this guy. And you now can walk in control of yourself. And you can learn. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a lifelong process. But you can learn to rise above the sin that has held you in bondage. I don't know about you, but that's good news. I didn't preach myself happy. So here's the thing that that we're going to get into today. Jesus, help me. Um, the most important thing you can do as a human being is get born again. Because you are a spiritual being, you have a soul, you live in a body. Spiritual beings, when they die, it's not a cessation of life. Spiritual death defined is separation from God. And what that means is that if, if you die physically and you're not walking with God, you're not born again, you will be forever separated from the presence of God. So whether you ever open your Bible, whether you ever do anything good, the most important thing you can do is get born again. Because being born again means that you will go to heaven when you leave this earth. And you do that entirely based on what Jesus did for you, not based on what you do. All you have to do is accept it. It's an act of your will. God can't make you, but he makes it available. And if you accept it, you get born again. But the most important thing you can do as a believer, as a child of God, as a born-again Christian, the most important thing you can do is renew your mind. Because that teaches you how to live the life that Jesus died to give you And how to represent God to the world who's lost and dying and needs to know his reality. That he is a reality more than anything else. So the most important thing we can do as a person is to get born again. The most important thing we can do as a believer, as a Christ follower, as a Christian, is to renew our mind. Okay? So, I I need you to understand what it means to renew your mind. It's not a one-time thing. Hey, I I took that class. You know, I went to that four-week class on renewing your mind, so I'm good. No, no, no. Renewing your mind is a lifelong process. It doesn't happen because how many know the world is constantly hitting you with things that are not godly, and we'll we'll define that in a minute. That are not God's plan for you. It's there's constant overload of information that's coming into us from the world. So we have to constantly filter these things through the Word of God. So you constantly in life. That's why, that's why people who say, I've read the Bible my whole life, and you're like, man, how many times are you going to read that book? I know for myself, I've been doing this for a long time, I can read the Bible today and get something out of it that I didn't see 30 years of reading it because we're growing in the things of God. There's things in the Bible that we're not ready for today, but as we study and press in, we'll open our God will open our eyes to it and we'll all of a sudden see and go, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. This is amazing. And you'll get what's called revelation knowledge. It's where, where God kind of pulls the curtain back and lets you see it for the first time. You're like, this is a whole new game. This is a brand new ballgame, man. I, that devil's under my feet. I don't have to be a slave to him anymore. These kind of things happen as you spend time in God's word. Make sense? Now, to exchange or to renew your mind literally means to exchange. Uh, I saw a show where they, they I love old Volkswagens, I just always have, loved them. Uh, they're not fast, they're not sporty, but I just think they're cool. And uh, I saw this video where this guy found this old Kumbay van, you know, it's the, the round rounded the front, round headlights, the old vans, found it under a tree, been sitting there for like 50 years. It was rusted every which way but loose, actually it was loose. I mean, every, I mean, every part of it looked like it was just worthless. And that guy goes, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And if you don't understand the power of renewing, you think he's a nut because he paid a pretty good price for it. But those things that used to sell for like three grand new, now can go brand new, restore, can go for like $200,000. So this guy looks at that. He says, I want it. They haul it out of there on the flatbed. They take it to the shop. The shop he takes it to makes this inventory about everything they're going to have to exchange. Take off the old parts that are corrupted, that are weathered, that are impacted by the environment. This is just like us, guys. We're affected by the world around us. But we have to understand there's new available for us to exchange the old way of doing things for God's new way of doing things. And what they do is they take this van and they replace every part on it, just about, and they renew it. They restore it back to the way it was originally. And then, you know, like they told, him, they told the guy, they said, hey, we're going to get this, but so far the parts list is about $40,000. I thought the guy was going to have a heart attack. He goes, okay. He was okay with it because he knew the value of what it was going to be worth once everything was restored once everything was renewed. So when we renew our minds, so you have a basic understanding, we're taking and we're exchanging the old things and we're replacing them with the original. God's bringing us back to our original design. How many of you ever had an iPhone or iPad or a phone where you you realize, okay, I'm going to get a new one or I'm going to give this one to somebody else, but I want them. So you take it back to factory reset which makes it just like it was when it was new. God wants to take us back to factory reset. To the way we were designed before Adam and Eve fell in the garden. He wants to take us back to that original place of what it means to walk with God in his presence, in relationship, in fellowship with him. So when we renew our mind, we're actually exchanging, because our mind has been corrupted by the environment around us, the world we've been raised in, We're we're taking God's word and we're putting our thoughts the way we think on top of it. And if it doesn't line up, if they're not meshing perfectly, then we don't try to change God's word so our thoughts now have validity. We allow God's word to change us. So when you renew your mind, you're allowing the word of God to change you back to your original design. Make sense? It's really pretty simple. Um, and, and that's really the process of us renewing our mind. So, as we're doing that, and we understand that this is going to... Because you know what? You're, it doesn't just happen. We, we're born, we're raised, we grow up, we have a certain way of thinking. But it's the old man, the old nature. Then we get born again, we're a new man, a new nature. And we have to make sure that our soul, our mind, will, and our emotion, we have to make sure that it lines up with God's word... And that is the process of renewing your mind. God can't do that. God can save you. But only you can renew your mind. And we can all tell if you're renewing your mind. Because remember when we talked about how we're babes in Christ. And some of us are full grown people running around with our spiritual pampers on. Because we still acted the way we did before we got saved. And you know we just we, 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 we don't want people to know. And we try to hide it. But It shows. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. No man knows another man's heart, but you'll know them by their fruit. What is fruit? What does that mean? It's what you produce. See, an orange tree produces oranges. That's its fruit, right? A banana tree produces bananas. That's its fruit. Somebody who hasn't renewed their mind produces fruit that makes it obvious they haven't renewed their mind. Now, we're not to judge them, but we could see. And what it does is it helps us pray for them. Because there's people that we rub shoulders with, people we care about, but they're not renewing their mind, and we see them struggling, going through the same thing over and over again, being mad at people, being resentful about other people and, and you know their life. Why do they get their life like that? Why is my life so? They're not renewing their mind. So what we do is we pray for them, and if we are growing ourselves and renewed our mind, we could sometimes show a little light to help them grow, not judging, but encouraging Hey, let's, let's, let's get together and study the Bible. Let, let's call Pastor Chris. See if we can't go to that men's Bible study. Maybe we can learn something. Instead of just settling and giving up and saying, no, I'm going to stay the way I am. Stay in your pampers because, you know, what's gross is when you choose to stay in your spiritual pampers, once you make a mess, you don't change them. How bad is it for a mom to come out and say, woo, boy, Junior needs a new diaper, and she just puts a new pamper on top of the old pamper. That's disgusting, right? We would think, what a terrible thing to do. But those of us who refuse to grow in the things of God, we're not taking the old one off. We're staying. Let me just put a new one on so nobody sees it's messy. But it's still messy. It's still gross. Life is still hard. Things you're involved in still stink, right? So that's why it's so important for us to understand this. Now, look with me if you will, and I know I only got a couple minutes here. Romans 12.2. This is the New King James Version. We're going to start and finish next week. Romans 12, 2, New King James says, And do not be conformed. What does conform means? It means don't fit in, don't become part of, don't harmonize, don't comply with, look at this, don't comply with the world. But be transformed. What does transform mean? It means to be changed. Literally, it's, it's a, a supernatural change. Um, You know, we use the example in church of the caterpillar goes into the cocoon and comes out a butterfly. There's a a process called metamorpho. It's a metamorphosis where that caterpillar literally changes into something else. When we renew our mind, we literally change into something else, and it happens where nobody else can see. It happens from the inside out. And then as we allow ourselves to be changed through... (coughs) Our mind to the word, what happens is what happened on the inside now becomes apparent on the outside. And the people around us can see, wow, Mike is not the same anymore. When I first got into the word, I had a lot of friends up north because I moved down from Indiana. And probably five years into it, you know, you still stay in touch with people you went to school with. And people would call and they say, man, what are you up to now? What's going on? I'm a youth pastor. Get the bleep, bleep, bleep out of here. There's, it, nobody, if you're saved, that God, he's crazy to accept that. You know, They couldn't believe that I was born again and walking with God because of the old man, the old Mike, that they knew. But they weren't aware of the change that was happening on the inside until it came to the point where it was obvious to everybody on the outside. And now when I see people I used to know, they're like, man, you ain't the same at all. And I thank God for that because I've allowed him to change me through renewing my mind to his word. Make sense? And that's the benefit of it. So you, but be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. How do we change? By renewing our mind. If we don't renew our mind, guess what? There is no change. You don't change without renewing your mind. It's not like, well, God will let me change. No, it doesn't happen. You're not going to change if you don't renew your mind, but you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. In the the Amplified, we'll get into this later in the series. In the Amplified, it says, So you may experience what is God's perfect will for you. So the way that we experience the perfect will of God in our life is to allow Him to change us by renewing our mind to His Word. And if we don't take that step, we don't get that benefit. It's like if you don't go to the gym and work out with weights, you don't get big muscles. I'm, I'm talking about figuratively. Don't think, oh, no, I can do isometrics. And I... Don't read my message. Um, but you have to put in the exercise to get the change. We have to put in the exercise of renewing our mind to get the spiritual change. You understand what I'm saying? And as we do that, we're going to be able to, to walk. And, and, guys, I'm telling you, I'm taking my time with this because, and you may be bored. If you're bored, it just means you need to... <laughs> need to, to grow up. You need to realize this is good. And you need to, uh, you need to they're all telling me, come on. You, you, all, you all need to just decide, I'm going to stay the way I am or I'm going to let God change me. And whatever happens, hear me because this is where people get mad at me. Whatever happens is on you. Don't blame God. Why did God let this happen? He didn't. You refused to allow him to change you by renewing your mind. You refused to grow up spiritually so you're still that baby running around those messy p- pampers instead of allowing him to grow you into somebody who could take the word. And that's where we're going to go over the next two weeks. And we're going to teach you how to renew your mind such a way that you're going to be a different person on the other side. But you've got to do it with me. I can't do it for you. But if you do it with me, I promise you your life will never be the same. Never be the same. And the people around you will be impacted by it. And hopefully their life will never be the same because of the example you're setting. Are you ready? Next week, it's going to be great. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you for the value that you've placed on us and you've given us everything we need to walk out the full plan you have for us to see your perfect will manifest into our lives by renewing our mind to your word by exposing the lies of the enemy and embracing the truth of your word with every head bowed and every eye closed as I said the most important thing you can do as a human being as a person is to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior that's called getting saved that's what that's our church terminology uh, you become a brand new person and if you're here today and you realize the value of what i'm saying you say you know i don't think i've ever done that but you want to as i look across the room if that's you and you say you know what preacher you're talking to me today i'm not going to call you down i'm not going to embarrass you i'm not going to have you stand up this is between you and god i just want to know who i'm praying for and and it's it's totally just between me and you nobody else is looking around but if that's you i want you to raise your hand i see your hand Anybody else, you're ready for this. You say, you know what? I'm tired of doing the same thing over and over again. I want what you're talking about. I want this new life. Anybody else? Just for a second, looking around. I see your hand. I see your hand. Amen. Praise God. For those of you who raise your hand, this is the deciding moment right now. You don't have to work to get saved. Right now, as we pray this prayer, the Bible says that the old man passes away. And a brand new man comes to live on the inside of you. You get a brand new spirit. And it happens because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, everything he did and, and accomplished when he came to this earth for us. So everybody here is a family. Let's say this together with our brothers and sisters. Who raise your hands. Say, Father, today, deciding moment for my life, right now, I declare by faith in Jesus that he's my savior. I believe in my heart, and I confess it with my mouth, and I will never be the same another day in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.